Section 20 of Lourdes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola. Translated by Ernest Visitelli. The Fourth Day. 5. Cradle and Grave. Immediately afterwards, as they descended the steps, Dr. Chassaigne said to Pierre, you have just seen the triumph. I will now show you two great injustices. And he conducted him into the Rue des Petits Fossés to visit Bernadette's room, that low, dark chamber whence she set out on the day the Blessed Virgin appeared to her. The Rue des Petits Fossés starts from the former Rue des Bois, now the Rue de la Grotte, and crosses the Rue du Tribunal. It is a winding lane, slightly sloping and very gloomy. The passers-by are few. It is skirted by long walls, wretched-looking houses, with mournful façades in which never a window opens. All its gaiety consists in an occasional tree in a courtyard. "'Here we are,' at last said the doctor. At the part where he had halted, the street contracted, becoming very narrow, and the house faced the high grey wall of a barn. Raising their heads, both men looked up at the little dwelling, which seemed quite lifeless with its narrow casements and its coarse violet pargeting, displaying the shameful ugliness of poverty. The entrance passage down below was quite black. An old light iron gate was all that closed it, and there was a step to mount which in rainy weather was immersed in the water of the gutter. "'Go in, my friend, go in,' said the doctor. "'You have only to push the gate.' The passage was long, and Pierre kept on feeling the damp wall with his hand for fear of making a false step. It seemed to him as if he were descending into a cellar in deep obscurity, and he could feel a slippery soil impregnated with water beneath his feet. Then at the end, in obedience to the doctor's direction, he turned to the right. Stoop, or you may hurt yourself, said Monsieur Chassaigne. The door is very low. There, here we are. The door of the room, like the gate in the street, stood wide open, as if the place had been carelessly abandoned and Pierre, who had stopped in the middle of the chamber, hesitating, his eyes still full of the bright daylight outside, could distinguish absolutely nothing. He had fallen into complete darkness, and felt an icy chill about the shoulders similar to the sensation that might be caused by a wet towel. But, little by little, his eyes became more accustomed to the dimness. Two windows of unequal size opened on to a narrow interior courtyard, where only a greenish light descended as at the bottom of a well and to read there in the middle of the day it would be necessary to have a candle. Measuring about fifteen feet by twelve, the room was flagged with large uneven stones, while the principal beam and the rafters of the roof, which were visible, had darkened with time and assumed a dirty, sooty hue. Opposite to the door was the chimney, a miserable plaster chimney, with a mantelpiece formed of a rotten old plank. There was a sink between this chimney and one of the windows. The walls, with their decaying plaster falling off by bits, were stained with damp, full of cracks, and turning a dirty black like the ceiling. There was no longer any furniture there. The room seemed abandoned. You could only catch a glimpse of some confused, strange objects, unrecognizable in the heavy obscurity that hung about the corners. After a spell of silence, the doctor exclaimed, Yes, this is the room. All came from here. Nothing has been changed, with the exception that the furniture has gone. I have tried to picture how it was placed. The beds certainly stood against this wall, opposite the windows. There must have been three of them at least, for the Soubirous were seven. 
the father mother two boys and three girls think of that three beds filling this room seven persons living in this small space all of them buried alive without air without light almost without bread what frightful misery what lowly pity awaking poverty but he was interrupted a shadowy form which pierre at first took for an old woman entered it was a priest however the curate of the parish who now occupied the house he was acquainted with the doctor i heard your voice monsieur chassaigne and came down said he so there you are showing the room again just so monsieur l'abbé i took the liberty it does not inconvenience you oh not at all not at all come as often as you please and bring other people he laughed in an engaging manner and bowed to pierre who astonished by this quiet carelessness observed the people who come however must sometimes plague you the curate in his turn seemed surprised indeed no nobody comes you see the place is scarcely known everyone remains over there at the grotto i leave the door open so as not to be worried but days and days often pass without my hearing even the sound of a mouse pierre's eyes were becoming more and more accustomed to the obscurity and among the vague perplexing objects which filled the corners he ended by distinguishing some old barrels remnants of foul cages and broken tools a lot of rubbish such as is swept away and thrown to the bottom of cellars hanging from the rafters moreover were some provisions a salad basket full of eggs and several bunches of big pink onions and from what i see resumed pierre with a slight shudder you have thought that you might make use of the room the curate was beginning to feel uncomfortable of course that's it said he what can one do the house is so small i have so little space and then you can't imagine how damp it is here it is altogether impossible to occupy the room and so mon dieu little by little all this has accumulated here by itself contrary to one's own desire it has become a lumber room concluded pierre oh no hardly that an unoccupied room and yet in truth if you insist on it it is a lumber room his uneasiness was increasing mingled with a little shame dr chassaigne remained silent and did not interfere but he smiled and was visibly delighted at his companion's revolt against human ingratitude pierre unable to restrain himself now continued you must excuse me monsieur l'abbé if i insist but just reflect that you owe everything to bernadette but for her lourdes would still be one of the least known towns of france and really it seems to me that out of mere gratitude the parish ought to have transformed this wretched room into a chapel oh a chapel interrupted the curate it is only a question of a human creature the church could not make her an object of worship well we won't say a chapel then but at all events there ought to be some lights and flowers bouquets of roses constantly renewed by the piety of the inhabitants and the pilgrims in a word i should like some little show of affection a touching souvenir a picture of bernadette something that would delicately indicate that she ought to have a place in all hearts this forgetfulness and desertion are shocking it is monstrous that so much dirt should have been allowed to accumulate the curate a poor thoughtless nervous man at once adopted pierre's views in reality you are a thousand times right said he but i myself have no power i can do nothing whenever they ask me for the room to set it to rights i will give it up and remove my barrels although i really don't know where else to put them only i repeat it does not depend on me i can do nothing nothing at all then under the pretext that he had to go out he hastened to take leave and run away again saying to dr chassaigne 
remain remain as long as you please you are never in my way when the doctor once more found himself alone with pierre he caught hold of both his hands with effusive delight ah my dear child said he how pleased you have made me how admirably you expressed to him all that has been boiling in my own heart so long like you i thought of bringing some roses here every morning i should have simply had the room cleaned and would have contented myself with placing two large bunches of roses on the mantelpiece for you know that i have long felt deep affection for bernadette and it seemed to me that those roses would be like the very flowering and perfume of her memory only only and so saying he made a despairing gesture only courage failed me yes i say courage no one having yet dared to declare himself openly against the fathers of the grotto one hesitates and recoils in the fear of stirring up a religious scandal fancy what a deplorable racket all this would create and so those who are as indignant as i am are reduced to the necessity of holding their tongues and preferring a continuance of silence to anything else then by way of conclusion he added the ingratitude and rapacity of man my dear child are sad things to see each time i come here into this dim wretchedness my heart swells and i cannot restrain my tears he ceased speaking and neither of them said another word both being overcome by the extreme melancholy which the surroundings fostered they were steeped in gloom the dampness made them shudder as they stood there amidst the dilapidated walls and the dust of the old rubbish piled up on either side and the idea returned to them that without bernadette none of the prodigies which had made lourdes a town unique in the world would have existed it was at her voice that the miraculous spring had gushed forth that the grotto bright with candles had opened immense works were executed new churches rose from the ground giant-like causeways led up to god an entire new city was built as if by enchantment with its gardens walks quays bridges shops and hotels and people from the uttermost parts of the earth flocked thither in crowds and the rain of millions fell with such force and so abundantly that the young city seemed likely to increase indefinitely to fill the whole valley from one to the other end of the mountains if bernadette had been suppressed none of those things would have existed the extraordinary story would have relapsed into nothingness old unknown lord would still have been plunged in the sleep of ages at the foot of its castle bernadette was the sole labourer and creatress and yet this room whence she had set out in the day she beheld the virgin this cradle indeed of the miracle and of all the marvellous fortune of the town was disdained left a prey to vermin good only for a lumber-room where onions and empty barrels were put away then the other side of the question vividly appeared in pierre's mind and he again seemed to see the triumph which he had just witnessed the exultation of the grotto and basilica while marie dragging her little car ascended behind the blessed sacrament amidst the clamour of the multitude but the grotto especially shone out before him it was no longer the wild rocky cavity before which the child had formerly knelt on the deserted bank of the torrent it was a chapel adorned and enriched a chapel illumined by a vast number of candles where nations marched past in procession all the noise all the brightness all the adoration all the money burst forth there in a splendour of constant victory here at the cradle in this dark icy hole there was not a soul not a taper not a hymn not a flower of the infrequent visitors who came thither none knelt or prayed all that a few tender-hearted pilgrims had done in their desire to carry away a souvenir had been to reduce to dust between their fingers the half-rotten plank serving as a mantel-shelf 
the clergy ignored the existence of this spot of misery which the processions ought to have visited as they might visit a station of glory it was there that the poor child had begun her dream one cold night lying in bed between her two sisters and seized with a fit of her ailment while the whole family was fast asleep it was thence too that she had set out unconsciously carrying along with her that dream which was again to be born within her in the broad daylight and to flower so prettily in a vision like those of the legends and no one now followed in her footsteps the manger was forgotten and left in darkness that manger where had germed the little humble seed which over yonder was now yielding such prodigious harvests reaped by the workmen of the last hour amidst the sovereign pomp of ceremonies pierre whom the great human emotion of the story moved to tears at last summed up his thoughts in three words saying in a low voice it is bethlehem yes remarked dr chassaigne in his turn it is the wretched lodging the chance refuge where new religions are born of suffering and pity and at times i ask myself if all is not better thus if it is not better that this room should remain in its actual state of wretchedness and abandonment it seems to me that bernadette has nothing to lose by it for i love her all the more when i come to spend an hour here he again became silent and then made a gesture of revolt but no no i cannot forgive it this ingratitude sets me beside myself i told you i was convinced that bernadette had freely gone to cloister herself at nevers but although no one smuggled her away what a relief it was for those whom she had begun to inconvenience here and they are the same men so anxious to be the absolute masters who at the present time endeavour by all possible means to wrap her memory in silence ah my dear child if i were to tell you all little by little he spoke out and relieved himself those fathers of the grotto who showed such greed in trading on the work of bernadette dreaded her still more now that she was dead than they had done whilst she was alive so long as she had lived their great terror had assuredly been that she might return to lourdes to claim a portion of the spoil and her humility alone reassured them for she was in no wise of a domineering disposition and had herself chosen the dim abode of renunciation where she was destined to pass away but at present their fears had increased at the idea that a will other than theirs might bring the relics of the visionary back to lourdes that thought had indeed occurred to the municipal council immediately after her death the town had wished to raise a tomb and there had been a talk of opening a subscription the sisters of nevers however formally refused to give up the body which they said belonged to them everyone felt that the sisters were acting under the influence of the fathers who were very uneasy and energetically bestirred themselves to prevent by all means in their power the return of those venerated ashes in whose presence at lourdes they foresaw a possible competition with the grotto itself could they have imagined some such threatening occurrence as this a monumental tomb in the cemetery pilgrims proceeding thither in procession the sick feverishly kissing the marble and miracles being worked there amidst a holy fervour this would have been disastrous rivalry a certain displacement of all the present devotion and prodigies and the great the sole fear still and ever returned to them that of having to divide the spoils of seeing the money go elsewhere should the town now taught by experience know how to turn the tomb to account the fathers were even credited with a scheme of profound craftiness they were supposed to have the secret idea of reserving bernadette's remains for themselves the sisters of nevers having simply undertaken to keep it for them within the peaceful precincts of their chapel only they were waiting and would not bring it back until the affluence of the pilgrims should decrease 
what was the use of a solemn return at present when crowds flocked to the place without interruption and in increasing numbers whereas when the extraordinary success of our lady of lourdes should decline like everything else in this world one could imagine what a reawakening of faith would attend the solemn resounding ceremony at which christendom would behold the relics of the chosen one take possession of the soil whence she had made so many marvels spring and the miracles would then begin again on the marble of her tomb before the grotto or in the choir of the basilica you may search continued dr chassaigne but you won't find a single official picture of bernadette at lourdes her portrait is sold but it is hung nowhere in no sanctuary it is systematic forgetfulness the same sentiment of covert uneasiness as that which has wrought silence and abandonment in this sad chamber where we are in the same way as they are afraid of worship at her tomb so are they afraid of crowds coming and kneeling here should two candles burn or a couple of bouquets of roses bloom upon this chimney and if a paralytic woman were to rise shouting that she was cured what a scandal would arise how disturbed would be those good traders of the grotto on seeing their monopoly seriously threatened they are the masters and the masters they intend to remain they will not part with any portion of the magnificent farm that they have acquired and are working nevertheless they tremble yes they tremble at the memory of the workers of the first hour of that little girl who is still so great in death and for whose huge inheritance they burn with such greed that after having sent her to live at nevers they dare not even bring back her corpse but leave it imprisoned beneath the flagstones of a convent ah how wretched was the fate of that poor creature who had been cut off from among the living and whose corpse in its turn was condemned to exile and how pierre pitied her that daughter of misery who seemed to have been chosen only that she might suffer in her life and in her death even admitting that an unique persistent will had not compelled her to disappear still guarding her even in her tomb what a strange succession of circumstances there had been how it seemed as if some one uneasy at the idea of the immense power she might grasp had jealously sought to keep her out of the way in pierre's eyes she remained the chosen one the martyr and if he could no longer believe if the history of this unfortunate girl sufficed to complete within him the ruin of his faith it none the less upset him in all his brotherly love for mankind by revealing a new religion to him the only one which might still fill his heart the religion of life of human sorrow just then before leaving the room dr chassaigne exclaimed and it's here that one must believe my dear child do you see this obscure hole you think of the resplendent grotto of the triumphant basilica of the town built of the world created the crowds that flock to lourdes and if bernadette was only hallucinated only an idiot would not the outcome be more astonishing more inexplicable still what an idiot's dream would have sufficed to stir up nations like this no no the divine breath which alone can explain prodigies passed here pierre was on the point of hastily replying yes it was true a breath had passed there the sob of sorrow the inextinguishable yearning towards the infinite of hope if the dream of the suffering child had sufficed to attract multitudes to bring about a reign of millions and raise a new city from the soil was it not because this dream in a measure appeased the hunger of poor mankind its insatiable need of being deceived and consoled she had once more opened the unknown doubtless at a favourable moment both socially and historically and the crowds had rushed towards it oh to take refuge in mystery when reality is so hard to abandon oneself to the miraculous since cruel nature seems merely one long injustice 
but although you may organize the unknown reduce it to dogmas make revealed religions of it there is never anything at the bottom of it beyond the appeal of suffering the cry of life demanding health joy and fraternal happiness and ready to accept them in another world if they cannot be had on earth what use is it to believe in dogmas does it not suffice to weep and love pierre however did not discuss the question he withheld the answer that was on his lips convinced moreover that the eternal need of the supernatural would cause eternal faith to abide among sorrowing mankind the miraculous which could not be verified must be a food necessary to human despair besides had he not vowed in all charity that he would not wound any one with his doubts what a prodigy isn't it repeated the doctor certainly pierre ended by answering the whole human drama has been played all the unknown forces have acted in this poor room so damp and dark they remained there a few minutes more in silence they walked round the walls raised their eyes towards the smoky ceiling and cast a final glance at the narrow greenish yard truly it was a heart-rending sight this poverty of the cobweb level with its dirty old barrels its worn-out tools its refuse of all kinds rotting in the corners in heaps and without adding a word they at last slowly retired feeling extremely sad it was only in the street that dr chassaigne seemed to awaken he gave a slight shudder and hastened his steps saying it is not finished my dear child follow me we are now going to look at the other great iniquity he referred to abbe Pierre and his church they crossed the place du porche and turned into the rue saint pierre a few minutes would suffice them but their conversation had again fallen on the fathers of the grotto on the terrible merciless war waged by father sampé against the former cure of lourdes the latter had been vanquished and had died in consequence overcome by feelings of frightful bitterness and after thus killing him by grief they had completed the destruction of his church which he had left unfinished without a roof open to the wind and to the rain with what a glorious dream had that monumental edifice filled the last year of the cure's life since he had been dispossessed of the grotto driven from the work of our lady of lourdes of which he with bernadette had been the first artisan his church had become his revenge his protestation his own share of the glory the house of the lord where he would triumph in his sacred vestments and whence he would conduct endless processions in compliance with the formal desire of the blessed virgin man of authority and domination as he was at bottom a pastor of the multitude a builder of temples he experienced a restless delight in hurrying on the work with the lack of foresight of an eager man who did not allow indebtedness to trouble him but was perfectly contented so long as he always had a swarm of workmen busy on the scaffoldings and thus he saw his church rise up and pictured it finished one bright summer morning all new in the rising sun ah that vision constantly evoked gave him courage for the struggle amidst the underhand murderous designs by which he felt himself to be enveloped his church towering above the vast square at last rose in all its colossal majesty he had decided that it should be in the romanesque style very large very simple its nave nearly three hundred feet long its steeple four hundred and sixty feet high it shone out resplendently in the clear sunlight freed on the previous day of the last scaffolding and looking quite smart in its newness with its broad courses of stone disposed with perfect regularity and in thought he sauntered around it charmed with its nudity its stupendous candour its chasteness recalling that of a virgin child for there was not a piece of sculpture not an ornament that would have uselessly loaded it 
the roofs of the nave transept and apse were of equal height above the entablature which was decorated with simple mouldings in the same way the apertures in the aisles and nave had no other adornments than archivolts with mouldings rising above the piers he stopped in thought before the great coloured glass windows of the transept whose roses were sparkling and passing round the building he skirted the semicircular apse against which stood the vestry building with its two rows of little windows and then he returned never tiring of his contemplation of that regal ordonnance those great lines standing out against the blue sky those superposed roofs that enormous mass of stone whose solidity promised to defy centuries but when he closed his eyes he above all else conjured up with rapturous pride a vision of the façade and steeple down below the three portals the roofs of the two lateral ones forming terraces while from the central one in the very middle of the façade the steeple boldly sprang here again columns resting on piers supported archivolts with simple mouldings against the gable at a point where there was a pinnacle and between the two lofty windows lighting up the nave was a statue of our lady of lourdes under a canopy up above were other bays with freshly painted luffer boards buttresses started from the ground at the four corners of the steeple base becoming less and less massive from story to story till they reached the spire a bold tapering spire in stone flanked by four turrets and adorned with pinnacles and soaring upward till it vanished in the sky and to the parish priest of lourdes it seemed as if it were his own fervent soul which had grown and flown aloft with this spire to testify to his faith throughout the ages there on high quite close to god at other times another vision delighted him still more he thought he could see the inside of his church on the day of the first solemn mass he would perform there the coloured windows threw flashes of fire brilliant like precious stones the twelve chapels the aisles were beaming with lighted candles and he was at the high altar of marble and gold and the fourteen columns of the nave in single blocks of pyrenean marble magnificent marble purchased with money that had come from the four corners of christendom rose up supporting the vaulted roof while the sonorous voices of the organs filled the whole building with a hymn of joy a multitude of the faithful was gathered there kneeling on the flags in front of the choir which was screened by ironwork as delicate as lace and covered with admirably carved wood the pulpit the regal present of a great lady was a marvel of art cut in massive oak the baptismal fonts had been hewn out of hard stone by an artist of great talent pictures by masters ornamented the walls crosses pyxes precious monstrances sacred vestments similar to suns were piled up in the vestry cupboards and what a dream it was to be the pontiff of such a temple to reign there after having erected it with passion to bless the crowds who hastened to it from the entire earth while the flying peals from the steeple told the grotto and basilica that they had over there in old lourdes a rival a victorious sister in whose great nave god triumphed also after following the rue saint pierre for a moment dr chassaigne and his companion turned into the little rue de l'angèle we are coming to it said the doctor but though pierre looked around him he could see no church there were merely some wretched hovels a whole district of poverty littered with foul buildings at length however at the bottom of a blind alley he perceived a remnant of the half-rotten palings which still surrounded the vast square site bordered by the rue saint pierre the rue de bagnères the rue de l'angèle and the rue des jardins we must turn to the left continued the doctor who had entered a narrow passage among the rubbish here we are and the ruin suddenly appeared amidst the ugliness and wretchedness that masked it 
the whole great carcass of the nave and the aisles the transept and the apse was standing the walls rose on all sides to the point where the vaulting would have begun you entered as into a real church you could walk about at ease identifying all the usual parts of an edifice of this description only when you raised your eyes you saw the sky the roofs were wanting the rain could fall and the wind blow there freely some fifteen years previously the works had been abandoned and things had remained in the same state as the last workmen had left them what struck you first of all were the ten pillars of the nave and the four pillars of the choir those magnificent columns of pyrenean marble each of a single block which had been covered with a casing of planks in order to protect them from damage the bases and capitals were still in the rough awaiting the sculptors and these isolated columns thus cased in wood had a mournful aspect indeed moreover a dismal sensation filled you at the sight of the whole gaping enclosure where grass had sprung up all over the ravaged bumpy soil of the aisles and the nave a thick cemetery grass through which the women of the neighbourhood had ended by making paths they came in to spread out their washing there and even now a collection of poor people's washing thick sheets shirts in shreds and babies swaddling clothes was fast drying in the last rays of the sun which glided in through the broad empty bays slowly without speaking pierre and dr chassaigne walked around the inside of the church the ten chapels of the aisles formed a species of compartments full of rubbish and remnants the ground of the choir had been cemented doubtless to protect the crypt below against infiltrations but unfortunately the vaults must be sinking there was a hollow there which the storm of the previous night had transformed into a little lake however it was these portions of the transept and the apse which had the least suffered not a stone had moved the great central rose windows above the triforium seemed to be awaiting their coloured glass while some thick planks forgotten atop the walls of the apse might have made anyone think that the workmen would begin covering it the next day but when pierre and the doctor had retraced their steps and went out to look at the facade the lamentable woefulness of the young ruin was displayed to their gaze on this side indeed the works had not been carried forward to anything like the same extent the porch with its three portals alone was built and fifteen years of abandonment had sufficed for the winter weather to eat into the sculptures the small columns and the archivolts with a really singular destructive effect as though the stones deeply penetrated destroyed had melted away beneath tears the heart grieved at the sight of the decay which had attacked the work before it was even finished not yet to be and nevertheless to crumble away in this fashion under the sky to be arrested in one's colossal growth and simply strew the weeds with ruins they returned to the nave and were overcome by the frightful sadness which this assassination of a monument provoked the spacious plot of waste ground inside was littered with the remains of scaffoldings which had been pulled down when half rotten in fear lest their fall might crush people and everywhere amidst the tall grass were boards putlogs moulds for arches mingled with bundles of old cord eaten away by damp there was also the long narrow carcass of a crane rising up like a gibbet spade handles pieces of broken wheelbarrows and heaps of greenish bricks speckled with moss and wild convolvuli in bloom were still lying about among the forgotten materials in the beds of nettles you here and there distinguished the rails of a little railway laid down for the trucks one of which was lying overturned in a corner but the saddest sight in all this death of things was certainly the portable engine which had remained in the shed that sheltered it for fifteen years it had been standing there cold and lifeless a part of the roof of the shed had ended by falling in upon it 
and now the rain drenched it through great holes at every shower a bit of the leather harness by which the crane was worked hung down and seemed to bind it like a thread of some gigantic spider's web and its metalwork its steel and copper was also decaying as if rusted by lichens covered with the vegetation of old age whose yellowish patches made it look like a very ancient grass-grown machine which the winters had preyed upon this lifeless engine this cold engine with its empty firebox and its silent boiler was like the very soul of the departed labour vainly awaiting the advent of some great charitable heart whose coming through the eglantine and the brambles would awake this sleeping church in the wood from its heavy slumber of ruin at last dr chassaigne spoke ah he said when one thinks that fifty thousand francs would have sufficed to prevent such a disaster with fifty thousand francs the roof could have been put on the heavy work would have been saved and one could have waited patiently but they wanted to kill the work just as they had killed the man with a gesture he designated the fathers of the grotto whom he avoided naming and to think he continued that their annual receipts are eight hundred thousand francs thirty two thousand pounds however they prefer to send presents to rome to propitiate powerful friends there in spite of himself he was again opening hostilities against the adversaries of cure peramal the whole story caused a holy anger of justice to haunt him face to face with those lamentable ruins he returned to the facts the enthusiastic cure starting on the building of his beloved church and getting deeper and deeper into debt whilst father Saint-Pé, ever on the lookout took advantage of each of his mistakes discrediting him with the bishop arresting the flow of offerings and finally stopping the works then after the conquered man was dead had come interminable lawsuits lawsuits lasting fifteen years which gave the winters time to devour the building and now it was in such a woeful state and the debt had risen to such an enormous figure that all seemed over the slow death the death of the stones was becoming irrevocable the portable engine beneath its tumbling shed would fall to pieces pounded by the rain and eaten away by the moss i know very well that they chant victory resumed the doctor that they alone remain it is just what they wanted to be the absolute masters to have all the power all the money for themselves alone i may tell you that their terror of competition has even made them intrigue against the religious orders that have attempted to come to lourdes jesuits dominicans benedictines capuchins and carmelites have made applications at various times and the fathers of the grotto have always succeeded in keeping them away they only tolerate the female orders and will only have one flock and the town belongs to them they have opened shop there and sell god there wholesale and retail walking slowly he had while speaking returned to the middle of the nave amidst the ruins and with a sweeping wave of the arm he pointed to all the devastation surrounding him look at this sadness this frightful wretchedness over yonder the rosary and basilica cost them three millions of francs a hundred and twenty thousand pounds then as in bernadette's cold dark room pierre saw the basilica rise before him radiant in its triumph it was not here that you found the realization of the dream of cure peramal officiating and blessing kneeling multitudes while the organs resounded joyfully the basilica over yonder appeared vibrating with the pealing of its bells clamorous with the superhuman joy of an accomplished miracle all sparkling with its countless lights its banners its lamps its hearts of silver and gold its clergy attired in gold and its monstrance akin to a golden star 
it flamed in the setting sun it touched the heavens with its spire amidst the soaring of the milliards of prayers which caused its walls to quiver here however was the church that had died before being born the church placed under interdict by a mandamus of the bishop the church falling into dust and open to the four winds of heaven each storm carried away a little more of the stones big flies buzzed all alone among the nettles which had invaded the nave and there were no other devotees than the poor women of the neighbourhood who came to turn their sorry linen spread upon the grass it seemed amidst the mournful silence as though a low voice was sobbing perhaps the voice of the marble columns weeping over their useless beauty under their wooden shirts at times birds would fly across the deserted apse uttering a shrill cry bands of enormous rats which had taken refuge under bits of the lowered scaffoldings would fight and bite and bound out of their holes in a gallop of terror and nothing could have been more heart-rending than the sight of this predetermined ruin face to face with its triumphant rival the basilica which beamed with gold again dr chassaigne curtly said come they left the church and following the left aisle reached a door roughly fashioned out of a few planks nailed together and when they had passed down a half-demolished wooden staircase the steps of which shook beneath their feet they found themselves in the crypt it was a low vault with squat arches on exactly the same plan as the choir the thick stunted columns left in the rough also awaited their sculptors materials were lying about pieces of wood were rotting on the beaten ground the whole vast hall was white with plaster in the disorderly abandonment in which unfinished buildings are left at the far end three bays formerly glazed but in which not a pane of glass remained threw a clear cold light upon the desolate bareness of the walls and there in the middle lay cure peramal's corpse some pious friends had conceived the touching idea of thus burying him in the crypt of his unfinished church the tomb stood on a broad step and was all marble the inscriptions in letters of gold expressed the feelings of the subscribers the cry of truth and reparation that came from the monument itself you read on the face this tomb has been erected by the aid of pious offerings from the entire universe to the blessed memory of the great servant of our lady of lourdes on the right side were these words from a brief of pope pius the ninth you have entirely devoted yourself to erecting a temple to the mother of god and on the left was these words from the new testament happier they who suffer persecution for justice's sake did not these inscriptions embody the true plaint the legitimate hope of the vanquished man who had fought so long in the sole desire of strictly executing the commands of the virgin as transmitted to him by bernadette she our lady of lourdes was there personified by a slender statuette standing above the commemorative inscription against the naked wall whose only decorations were a few bead wreaths hanging from nails and before the tomb as before the grotto were five or six benches in rows for the faithful who desired to sit down but with another gesture of sorrowful compassion dr chassaigne had silently pointed out to pierre a huge damp spot which was turning the wall at the far end quite green pierre remembered the little lake which he had noticed up above on the cracked cement flooring of the choir quite a quantity of water left by the storm of the previous night infiltration had evidently commenced a perfect stream ran down invading the crypt whenever there was heavy rain and they both felt a pang at their hearts when they perceived that the water was trickling along the vaulted roof in narrow threads and thence falling in large regular rhythmical drops upon the tomb the doctor could not restrain a groan now it rains he said it rains on him 
pierre remained motionless in a kind of awe in the presence of that falling water at the thought of the blasts which must rush at winter time through the glassless windows that corpse appeared to him both woeful and tragic it acquired a fierce grandeur lying there alone in its splendid marble tomb amidst all the rubbish at the bottom of the crumbling ruins of its own church it was the solitary guardian the dead sleeper and dreamer watching over the empty spaces open to all the birds of night it was the mute obstinate eternal protest and it was expectation also cure peramal stretched in his coffin having all eternity before him to acquire patience there without weariness awaited the workmen who would perhaps return thither some fine april morning if they should take ten years to do so he would be there and if it should take them a century he would be there still he was waiting for the rotten scaffoldings up above among the grass of the nave to be resuscitated like the dead and by the force of some miracle to stand upright once more along the walls he was waiting too for the moss-covered engine to become all at once burning hot recover its breath and raise the timbers for the roof his beloved enterprise his gigantic building was crumbling about his head and yet with joined hands and closed eyes he was watching over its ruins watching and waiting too in a low voice the doctor finished the cruel story telling how after persecuting cure peramal and his work they persecuted his tomb there had formerly been a bust of the cure there and pious hands had kept a little lamp burning before it but a woman had one day fallen with her face to the earth saying that she had perceived the soul of the deceased and thereupon the fathers of the grotto were in a flutter were miracles about to take place there the sick already passed entire days there seated on the benches before the tomb others knelt down kissed the marble and prayed to be cured and at this a feeling of terror arose supposing they should be cured supposing the grotto should find a competitor in this martyr lying all alone amidst the old tools left there by the masons the bishop of tarbes informed and influenced thereupon published the mandamus which placed the church under interdict forbidding all worship there and all pilgrimages and processions to the tomb of the former priest of lourdes as in the case of bernadette his memory was proscribed his portrait could be found officially nowhere in the same manner as they had shown themselves merciless against the living man so did the fathers prove merciless to his memory they pursued him even in his tomb they alone again nowadays prevented the works of the church from being proceeded with by raising continual obstacles and absolutely refusing to share their rich harvest of arms and they seemed to be waiting for the winter rains to fall and complete the work of destruction for the vaulted roof of the crypt the walls the whole gigantic pile to crumble down upon the tomb of the martyr upon the body of the defeated man so that he might be buried beneath them and at last pounded to dust ah murmured the doctor i who knew him so valiant so enthusiastic in all noble labour now you see it it rains it rains on him painfully he set himself on his knees and found relief in a long prayer pierre who could not pray remained standing compassionate sorrow was overflowing from his heart he listened to the heavy drops from the roof as one by one they broke on the tomb with a slow rhythmical pitter-pat which seemed to be numbering the seconds of eternity amidst the profound silence and he reflected on the eternal misery of this world on the choice which suffering makes in always falling on the best the two great makers of our lady of lourdes bernadette and cure peramal rose up in the flesh again before him like woeful victims tortured during their lives and exiled after their deaths 
that alone indeed would have completed within him the destruction of his faith for the bernadette whom he had just found at the end of his researches was but a human sister loaded with every dolour but none the less he preserved a tender brotherly veneration for her and two tears slowly trickled down his cheeks end of section twenty